Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. We're here with you, Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86. Alex Regla at Alex M. Regla. We're called Taco Tuesday, but we come to you on Mondays if the Lakers play on Mondays as well. And they did that tonight by beating the Hawks 107-99 to in Atlanta. And Alex, that wraps up the longest road trip of this first half of the season. Seven games on the road. And the Lakers, for as meh as they may have played, they went 5-2 and two in this road trip. How are you, man? I'm doing all right. I'm happy for the Lakers that they're finally going home. And it's it's been the trend, right? Like we say like they play meh and like we look at the schedule and like their record and like, oh, well they won five of those seven games somehow. So Yeah, yeah, and I was really surprised when I knew that they won most of the games, but when I really look at it, I was like, Oh yeah, they did only lose the two back to back against the Sixers and the Pistons, and that Sixers it took a game winning shot by Harris. And the Pistons, they just look exhausted. Anthony Davis didn't play, but they just—that was the one game where they just looked like they did not want to be there. But yeah, five and two—that's really good. Like, I will take that um, all day. I, I, you, obviously, you'd love to go seven and zero, but tonight at least, um, again, another meh performance. Like I said, <laughs> and yet they beat the Hawks. And I think there was a lot of positives tonight, man. I think. For me, the one thing that I that stood out to me, the, I know, I think Trey Young ended up with 23 points, or 25 points, excuse me, but I thought Dennis Schroeder did a really good job on him tonight, and I don't know if that's just me being optimistic, because I know he had 25 and 16 assists and a bunch of lobs, and it may have looked different to you, to you but what did you think about that particular matchup tonight? Yeah, like, whenever you're playing against, like, an a guy who's as dynamic as Trey Young is and who, who's such a hard cover because of his size, right? Like he gets to the free throw line because he knows how to manipulate angles and get into your body and draw contact. He's very James Harden-like mm-hmm. in that way. Um, so yeah, it, it, like I, I think his numbers are a bit deceiving. Like he had a good game. Like don't get me wrong. You have 16 assists, 25 points. That's I mean, It's a monster game. But I thought like, if you if you didn't watch the actual game, you would think he was better than he actually was. I thought, yeah, I thought Dennis Shooter was really solid on him. I thought KCP had his moments, and um, it was more just losing the guys behind him. Mm-hmm. Like once he got downhill, the bigs would roll and they would get lobs and that type of stuff. But overall, yeah, like for a guy who's as good as he is, um, I think they did as good of a job as you could. Yeah, held him to. Uh, one of four from three. That one came from like yeah, half that's court. Yeah, a big thing right there. Yeah. yeah, ten of his points came from the free throw line because, like, I mean, the broadcast was making a big deal about the 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 one way calls he was kind of getting, and Schroeder and Caruso weren't getting on the other end. So I thought that for me was like the, the one big positive. What I did like about tonight as well, and and I don't know what you think about this one is. I thought well, obviously LeBron finished it off with seven of the final points for the Lakers, but before then. I believe he had 14 points right, right before the final two minutes of the game. And he almost looked so passive tonight. It was one of those games where he's like, you know what, guys? You guys do it today. Like, that's kind of how it looked for a while until the end there, until the uh, the two ladies front row kind of sparked him a little bit. <laughs> um, but I thought that was an encouraging sign. When Anthony Davis was the one that was the aggressor tonight, finishing 10 of 14, Trez didn't even miss a shot, I don't think. Uh, oh, he did miss one, 8 of 9. He scored 19 points tonight. 
Um, Schroeder scored 16. I thought it was great to see the other guys have to step up offensively. Yeah, it was kind of like the formula we thought they were going to follow like uh, heading into the season where guys like AD, LeBron, obviously AD had a, a big game tonight, but um, guys like Schroeder and, and Montrez, they can help their stars kind of get away with having a rest-type game while they play, like LeBron did today. And LeBron hit that big three down the stretch mm-hmm. and a layup down the stretch that helped seal it. But like you said, he was very passive for most of the game. And thankfully, they have guys like Trez, who is, again, you get 19 points off the bench, you take that any like every day of the week. And I thought Dennis had a solid game offensively, had a couple big buckets down the stretch there too. And like you said, his defense, so... Overall, yeah, it was cool to see them get contributions kind of up and down the roster. What did you – so on this one, they ended up um, kind of closing it out better in the final 30 seconds. But it was very much reminiscent of that Celtics game on Saturday where they let the Hawks back into it. When they had a 10-point lead, they just got stagnant on the offensive end, got lazy on the defensive end. Those are not good signs that you want to start picking up, but they at least kind of finished it well. Like you mentioned, they forced two turnovers. Caruso got an offensive rebound. LeBron finished with a clutch three and a layup and free throws. So they finished well, but they still had that moment of like, oh, why are they letting them back into this game? Yeah, it feels like when those things happen, like you hit on it, I think it's when the offense gets stagnant. Like um, LeBron isos, like jab steps by the three-point line and takes about eight to 10 seconds and then, he just shoots it before like any ball movement happens or an AD kind of catches it in the post. Um, he missed like a wide open Dennis shooter in the corner and he kind of jab stepped and hit like a missed the fadeaway jumper. And when you miss those shots and your offense gets snagged and just allows Atlanta to get out and run. Like the reason they got back in it, like down the stretch was they just got a bunch of layups in transition or kind of threes that would scramble possessions, that type of stuff. So I think a lot of it was the Lakers, like it was in their hands, the the errors that happened and they could have cleaned those things up. But yeah, again, like it's at the end of a road trip, like these games usually are the, are the trap ones. And they also said, I think that, that the Lakers have not played the Hawks in over a calendar year because of all the wow. coronavirus stuff. So um, <laughs> obviously the thing that's going to blow up on Twitter is those two fans courtside jawing at lebron and dressed like they were going to some fancy like event after the game or something maskless by the way don't know how they're getting away with that i just listen we can make so many jokes about what happened there at the end but my thing and listen i don't know how many arenas are actually allowing fans in the arenas this year i know atlanta is one of them obviously but that's just a little too close for comfort for me in general, like I don't think fans or anybody should be that close to players this year. That right now, at least, like that is just way too close. And then, I mean, one of them didn't even have a mask on; she had it at her chin. What are they doing? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you're gonna have fans, which is already kind of risky as it is, why why do we need like front row seats? Yeah. You know, like I that's probably the last thing we really, really like desperately need at this point for a multiple of reasons and. I thought this was just a perfect example of that. I'm watching the replay right now on Spectrum as we're recording here on Monday night. And it's just, I don't know what sparked it or what was said. I wish, listen, one of them is recording. It looks like one of them actually went live on something. So hopefully that mm-hmm. video actually comes out on Twitter. Because I would love to know, like, what, what was LeBron trashing, trash talking them? I doubt it. Like, so was, I? you know what? I was rewatching that too. Was it? LeBron pointing out that she wasn't wearing her mask correctly 
Because like that when could she point, like keep pointing it out, and then she, I, I don't know, but yes, yeah, so she must have said something. But obviously, there hostility there because I think she like flipped them off too yeah. like, on her way out. So. And but the fact that her friend or her person she was with was because when you look at that the replay she's videoing the whole thing mm-hmm. and there it definitely looks like an instagram live thing because it had a red thing on top so i don't know that's it's just fishy to me like oh you just went live like so quickly like that yeah. so there's something weird there but i just don't like the idea of fans you know if you have front office executives like the Cavs did we all remember what lebron did after that i i think that front office executives are actually getting tested like along with the rest of the, the team but that just looked like a family member or a fan or whatever. Like that didn't. I doubt that person was part of the Atlanta Hawks organization. No, yeah, it did seem like it because it got escorted out right away. But I think it was one of the Atlanta Hawks beat writers. They said it was the two girls and then two guys also mm-hmm. were escorted out. So I'm not sure. They must have said something because LeBron, like, quickly pointed it out to the refs and the security guards went over. So yeah. And sure then we'll hear the story. You, did you notice too that like they didn't leave right away? They started the game yeah. and they were still there. I was like, wait, what's happening right now? Why, like, remove them and then start the game? <laughs> yeah, that was the surprising thing. Like it, it happened, and the security guards like gathered around them, and then they just started playing again. I thought that was kind of dangerous, honestly, because like obviously we don't think they're gonna like rush to court or but anything. They can. But they can. Like, let's just make sure they're out of there before we resume the game. Yeah, I found that super interesting. And obviously, that's the thing that people are going to see probably more than any other highlight of tonight's game is that. I mean, it's we haven't seen it this year. I mean, we haven't seen a player get into it with a fan because there are no fans. So now it's like a little bit of, I wouldn't want to say normalcy, but we've seen it plenty of times before where players get into it with fans. It was just so eye-opening to see it right now. And I didn't even think about the fact that why why are they front row until that happened? So I'm sure the NBA will address it. They're so I mean, there's a Pistons game tonight got postponed. I believe the Lakers play them on Saturday. The Frank Vogel before the game talked about how diligent this whole team has been with the protocols, trying to be abide by everything. But he also acknowledged like we're also just lucky. Sometimes you just got to get lucky. The Lakers haven't had any sort of postponements yet with COVID nineteen. I cannot imagine that the NBA watched that tonight and was very happy about it. I could see some changes or at least like pushing fans back to not the front row. Yeah, and like to that point, I don't know if you saw it, but um, I think Detroit and I think it was Denver. I I don't know, but that game got postponed tonight and the Lakers just played Detroit uh, a few few games ago on the road. And they play them on Saturday. And they play him again this coming Saturday. So I wonder if we get any kind of contract tracing from there. Hopefully not. But uh, that's just something to be aware of. Like you said, there's so many variables in play. And like Vogel said, they're trying to be careful. But, you know, that you can only really, like, handle your own business. And you can't really handle what the other team's doing. And you don't know who they've been exposed to or not. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens coming out of that Denver-Detroit uh, thing. What Like, who's maybe been exposed and who hasn't okay so i am on twitter right now and this girl is named juliana a carlos on instagram and i'm listening to her she's saying that lebron was talking trash to her husband which i'm assuming is the guys that were next to her 
and that she told LeBron, stop talking to my husband or I'll F you up myself. This, I swear to God, this is the girl that someone found it. Uh, Barstool tweeted it or Viral Sports tweeted it. I'm on one of those two right now. And that's, according to her, that's what happened. LeBron was talking trash to her husband. And she said, "You, I will mess you up if you talk to my husband again. And then the, they, then they got kicked out. So there you go. Yeah. The internet well, is a fast yeah. place, man. You knew it was going to come out fast. Well, after she recorded it, her friends recorded it. You know, they just want like the publicity and that right. type of stuff. So. Right. But I can, I cannot imagine that the NBA is very happy with what happened there tonight. No, again, the, uh, this could have been a lot worse than it was for a lot of a lot of things could have happened here, and they got lucky. It was just them getting escorted out, and nobody was. I don't know. They could have got a lot worse. Yeah, could have got so a lot worse. So they definitely have to, to. Yeah, they have to look into this and come up with something. Uh, because with with like because it's so empty, like there aren't that many. Sec- it doesn't feel like there's that many security guards around. I doubt like, there. It's just wide I doubt open. there are a lot of security guards there. I really do. I don't. I imagine that everything is limited right now, and that's kind of scary in itself to think about. Yeah, now yeah, like the base the baseline was just completely open. Like so now, also if you follow if you follow uh, at Gift Sports. He also found the courtside video on Instagram Live. So you can go ahead and watch it there, guys. Obviously, I can't pull up the audio for you right now. But at Gift Sports has the video of the girl saying what happened and in the courtside video as they're getting kicked out. Because I'm sure most people are going to want to see that. So, yeah, Alex, I mean, listen, we're, the basketball is, is important here. But we talk about the real hard-hitting stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like but I just, I just found it interesting because I think it – when you know Vogel knocked on wood today in his pregame press conference, saying how lucky they are, the Pistons got like you said got postponed tonight, like right before tip off because of a positive slash inconclusive test to a player. The Lakers play the Pistons on Saturday. All this stuff coincides together, goes together, because the Lakers they they finished this road trip seven games like we've said before. Uh, they have 15 games remaining on this first half of the schedule, and the second half of the schedule has not been released yet. 15 of them, I mean, four, excuse me, only four road games of the 15 left. So, I mean, I'm sure the Lakers don't want to get any sort of postponements where they got to do who knows what. We've seen the NBA have to have to adjust things. So I just think it's a big deal to bring up stories like, I mean, listen, I could be reading way too much into it. I just think that that's a, a dangerous situation. It's not for physical violence or anything like that, just because of the virus right now. I think that's a dangerous situation to have fans that close. Absolutely. Like, uh, there's so many, like we've said, so many variables at play when these games are happening. Just between the players, the locker rooms, the staff, like, to have an outside variable, like, fans, and having them some close, like you mentioned, that's just really, really risky. Like, for yeah, a lot well, we're not going to have to so. worry about it the next five games because the Lakers don't have fans at Staples Center, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so we won't have to worry about it then, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are some changes coming uh, for the NBA. But back to the basketball for tonight. Um, let me just – or not tonight, just in general. Of the seven-game road trip, which was, like we said, five and two, is there anything that stands out to you that you're like, you know what, this team really, really needs to improve here? Because another thing that we haven't talked about tonight – the Lakers only made seven threes, and we've talked about it yeah. before how they've really switched it up by becoming a really good, efficient three-point team this season. So for them to win a game where they're not shooting well, I think they their first three came with uh, – I wrote it down. 
uh, KCP made their first three with six minutes left. And I believe heading into the fourth, they only had three, and KCP made all three. Yeah. So to win a game by not relying on the three-point, another positive for me. Was there anything else that stood out to you? Uh, tonight, specifically, I noticed uh, – I don't know if you noticed, but Frank Vogel shortened up his rotation tonight. I, I think did. only nine guys played. Um, Wes, no Markeith, right. no Wes. Yeah. Um, and those two guys have kind of been – I'm not sure how, how closely you follow like Lakers Twitter, but – uh, those two guys have been a part of the the meh lineup. I don't know if you've heard of the meh lineup. I have heard of it, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so those are two kind of guys that usually are, take part in that lineup. So, um, yeah, I think overall, I, I think it is the rotations. Uh, I think Frank Vogel is obviously still experimenting. Um, it was good to see Caruso play like 25 minutes tonight. Like that's always a good thing. Uh, THT has kind of found his way back into the rotation after after missing like a few games in a row there. Um, yeah, so I think it's just overall him trying to figure out which rotations work, which don't. I thought the fourth quarter um, lineup was really interesting. I thought it was cool. And then they brought Caruso back in towards like the final few minutes to close it out. So I think we're getting closer to, to realizing Caruso is probably going to be part of that closing lineup. Yeah. Um you think it's a Caruso, KCP, Schroeder. AD, LeBron, and then Shooter? Shooter. I'm guessing Shooter unless um, they go Trez. But I think I think especially against most, like... What about Kuz? I guess, I guess yeah, I, I guess it's dependent His on the His rebounding size. has impressed me during this road mm-hmm. trip. I know we've brought it up before, but that's a... If you're not going to have, like, a Gasol or a Trez in there... If Kuzma's going to become a reliable rebounder, I like him closing games out. If he's going to do that, if he's going to continue to do that, at least. I, you know, I think Kuz has had a positive impact this year. Like I, I know his numbers might not reflect it, but like you said, his rebounding has improved a ton. Um, he's still making some good passes here and there. Uh, his defense hit a really nice sequence against Trey Young there towards the the end of the third quarter and helped kind of force a turnover. Uh, he hit a three tonight, so. Again, I, I think he's doing the little things that they need from him to do on the on the night. You uh, inspire me to kind of look at the game a little bit different because I watch it just from a very basic level. Um, but you and uh, you like break it down so well. Sometimes you pay attention to rotations and lineups. And there was one today that the broadcast mentioned against the Celtics starting the fourth quarter was the same that they started today in the fourth quarter. Ten yeah. zero run on Saturday. Eleven zero run today. Caruso, Kuz, Tht, LeBron, and Trez. I like that. It's very athletic, small, but in today's NBA, I feel like that's a very effective type of lineup. I I like the Caruso THT combo. Uh, like overall, like when those guys are on the court, I think they have a nice little synergy. I think THT needs to fix up his defense still a bit, but overall, like I think they're very active. Like those are two energy guys, and you have a guy like Trez also, who's always an energy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it works against certain lineups and certain teams, but so far I, I have liked that lineup a lot more than the the West Keith, uh, Trez, yeah. like LeBron, like that. That's just clunky. Yeah, that, anything with Wes and Keith, I'm not a fan of so far. Yeah, and and I, and Wes has been a bit underwhelming. So I mean, to say the least, so far this year. Obviously, didn't play tonight. Keith, I like in spurts. I feel like he he has an, a a reliable enough shot where I like. Wes hasn't really showed much for me this year. 
Yeah, I, I uh, like you said, I don't like them together for sure. I still think they're both um, could be nice pieces for the team. Like I think Keith and AD, that's a front court that we saw work really well in the playoffs. Um, Wes and LeBron and maybe another guard and just having more athleticism in the front court might be a better fit for a guy like Wes. But yeah, it is interesting to kind of see who's kind of jumping ahead in the rotation. Like, I, I don't know if it's still too early, but do you think THT has already kind of passed up Wes, like in Vogel's eyes? <clears throat> um, maybe. I mean, it's a. It, I hate sounding like a broken record, man, but I just feel like with the shortened offseason and kind of like the quick turnaround, it, I just feel like he's just going to go through spurts and and figure yeah. it out. And I, I, I want to say like, yeah, because that's kind of what's happened these last couple games. But on Thursday against, you know, the De- Denver, if he goes back to like an 11-man rotation, 10-man rotation, I wouldn't be surprised either. I, yeah. I really wouldn't. And when you have to play against like a bigger wing, like a Kawhi, Paul George, and yeah, I think we're going to see more West. And tonight, uh, Atlanta doesn't really have one like that. I mean, they have Gallinari, but... Yeah, I, I thought he's not he's not as physical. I mean, he is a physical wing, but he's more of a forward. So, yeah, I think it's all matchup dependent. And tonight, I liked the when we talk about matchups, the one on Thursday is going to be huge because we've we've spoken at least here on this podcast about guarding elite big men. And I mean, it doesn't yeah. get much better than Jokic. So I thought today and I, this could be a stretch, but today getting Capella in foul trouble early was huge. Because they got so many points. 22 of the 28 points in the first quarter were in the paint. And they got Capella uh, to get his third foul early, early in the second quarter. And then it kind of just opened up a little bit more for them. And I'm not saying they're going to get Jokic in foul trouble and that's the way to beat them. But that's one thing that on Thursday I really want to look for. Because, you know, Jokic is one of if not the best like big guys, like like big, big guys like that out there. His game is so different than most Um I just think that's a matchup to watch and something that I'm looking forward to as they go uh, throughout the season. Yeah, and Jokic has been incredible to start the year. Um, 26.8 points, 11.8 rebounds, and 8.6 assists he, average. He's coming off a 47-12-5 game against Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about, like, centers to are good defenders. But, yeah, like, we saw... Cause, like, I last time we talked... That was something I think I pointed out. Like, I wanted to see was how Gasol did against Embiid specifically. And Embiid was just incredible that game also. So another really, again, another guy um, that they brought Gasol in for in Jokic. And I do worry, again, you brought up a really good point. I do worry what happens if Gasol gets in foul trouble early and we have to see Harrell guard Jokic for like 30 minutes. I don't know if that's going to end up well. Because we know AD is not going to play the five in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gasol staying out of foul trouble against Denver is going to be big. Because I, I do worry about Harrell against Jokic in terms of just the size difference. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think we've established that pretty early on. At least so far, that Trez against a big, a big guy is not really the best matchup for the Lakers. Yeah, like like we've seen, like, and that's not to say anything bad about Trez. No. It's just again, there's weaknesses for like Gasol's slow, like against athletic bigs like Capella and John Collins, and and we saw against Cleveland like Javale McGee, Drummond, like Gasol is not that great in those matchups. Mm-hmm. Those are matchups where Trez might be better, although they, he gives up size there also. It's just all matchup dependent. But I, it's really, 
important for the Lakers, for Gasol specifically, not to get injured, not to get sick, not to get in foul trouble, because they don't have the luxury of what they had last year, where they had Dwight, they had McGee, and they had AD. Like, they had three really big guys you could throw on him, and they don't have that this year. No, they do not. So, um, the Lakers tonight win 107-99. Anthony Davis led the way with 25 points, followed by LeBron with 21, Trez with 19. Um, we got to see, final thing on tonight's game for me, we got to see Rajon Rondo, an old friend tonight. Uh, you know, did not too much of an impact there. I, I know the broadcast was making a big thing about him calling plays or being in the, be, basically being more of a coach in the huddle, telling, expecting what the Lakers are going to run on defense and offense. But uh, thoughts on seeing our old friend, regular season rondo i mean it was it was weird <laughs> like i'm almost like after like associating him with the celtics for so long like i've almost grown to like now starting to associate him with the lakers so it's now it's weird seeing him in another uniform mm-hmm. um same with javel like seeing him in that a Cavs uniform was weird um but i mean it was cool to see again like they don't win a championship without without rondo and of course he hits like a step back three against the lakers because yeah like that was predictable but um yeah like it was cool to see him play and it, it, like i think he's been a nice little um a piece for atlanta like they were competitive tonight they've been yeah. a solid team so yeah. yeah uh the hawks are 10 and 10 by the way they're not too they're that's, not like a for them that's really good for yeah. they're really young so that's good they're, they're six seed right now in the east so you know we'll see what happens there uh just to go back to the fan thing just because I, listen we hit record pretty much right after the game so we're i'm seeing lebron on spectrum right now talking about this and according to lebron this is a direct quote he says uh i need that interaction he also said that at the end of the day i'm happy fans are back in the building I missed that interaction. I don't. I don't feel like it was warranted to be kicked out. There was a back and forth between two grown men. So there you go. That's LeBron's take. Very different from mine. <laughs> you know what? Like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, different than mine as well. But LeBron is definitely a player who, again, we saw with the Cleveland executive, he needs that kind of motivation. And you like in an empty arena, you need to find motivation anywhere you can get it. So I guess, it's, and then it's this, it's the last game of a trip, you know. Yeah. I think somebody tweeted like when LeBron scored the final seven, he's like, "Yeah, I just, just want to go home. Let's go." Like you know, like yeah. let's, let's finish this off and go home. No, definitely. And against like like I like we said, Atlanta's ten and ten. But in a lot of teams' eyes, they're not that, you know? Like, they, yeah. they're still the Atlanta that they envisioned to be. Same with Detroit. And that can cost the Lakers like it did against Detroit. And it makes them play lazy and not take games seriously. But sometimes you need some type of spark. Like Cleveland, again, another game where it was close than it, closer than it should have been. But that executive helped the Lakers, like, motivate LeBron. So any ways they can get it, I guess. Um, coming up for the Lakers, like I've said before, is 15 of the final second half games but we'll focus on the next four or the next three actually because they'll play three more times they have a couple days off here tuesday wednesday and then they play again on thursday against the nuggets at staples they play saturday potentially against the pistons um and they play monday uh against the thunder so that by the time we come back which will probably be that monday after the game will be three more games um the lakers have not played a a western team in the playoffs like currently in the standing since they lost to golden state 
and before then it's been a while too so a good test from a western conference team finally it's been a while for the lakers uh that's coming against the nuggets um so let's do it like we do every single every single uh episode here We'll, we'll do our predictions um we did not predict them going two and two or did you predict them going two and two i said three and one i think i said i think i said and i said they would and... lose to atlanta but they ended up obviously that didn't happen i don't remember but i think i i overshot it i think they i they yeah i might have said three and one i'm gonna go on a limb here and say that they destroy the pistons on saturday yeah i was uh, gonna say the same thing uh-huh. <laughs> uh Thursday is going to be close. I just think it's going to be a close game. Uh, the Lakers hopefully will be a little bit more refreshed looking as they 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 did look pretty tired this road trip. Um, they ended, but listen, they got results. So um, I'm hoping that they look a little bit more refreshed on Thursday. Looking forward to that Jokic matchup to see what yeah. that looks like. That that's a TNT game as well. Uh, the Thunder are as expected struggling eight and eleven this year. So I'm just gonna. I think Thursday is a toss-up. Really, I do. They could yeah. win the game. I wouldn't be surprised. And if they lose the game, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm more curious about to see how they look on Thursday, win or mm-hmm. lose. I'm just going to say 2-1. and one Just be- I think they smashed Detroit. I think they beat the Thunder. Um, that's what I think. I'll say 3-0, and no, but I agree. That, that Thursday game is going to be tough. First game back from a long road trip. Those have historically been really tough for the Lakers. Uh and you have to assume Denver's going to be hungry after they got beat by the Lakers in the playoffs and Jokic is playing well. Um, it's going to be a big test for them. Big TNT game, like you said. All all the teams really want to play well on national TV. So that's going to be a tough game. But I think the Lakers, they need to start winning at home. They've looked pretty bad at home, honestly, all year. Yeah, 4-4 four four so, at home, 12-2 and two on the road. And up until that uh, Sixers game, they were undefeated on the road 10-0 and until yeah. those two games. I'll go three. No, I, I do agree. They're gonna smash Detroit, or they uh, they better. They should. I, I thought they got embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, the whole home and away thing. It, it it's interesting because there really isn't a home court advantage. Oh, obviously tonight, like you saw, there was fans there, but they got 15 games in the second half left. 11 of them at Staples. They have to get better at home. It's they, four and four is not a really a positive stat there. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I you know we'll see how they do there. So you say three and zero, I say two and one, and we will see what happens. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla eighty six on Twitter. Uh, he's Alex Regla at Alex M Regla on Twitter. Um, I haven't seen, did I miss the throwdowns or have you not <laughs> no, read it? Okay, no. it'll it'll be out eventually. Maybe uh, it's a seasonal thing now. <laughs> Can you do a full breakdown? of juliana a carlos's instagram because she has so many squares on top of her story right now i'm like looking at it she's still going off on lebron uh this girl is gonna milk this thing for a while she is going off on lebron and she wasn't even the one that had the exchange her husband had the exchange and she's going off on this guy uh with some very um colorful language alex yeah so uh, have fun with that if you do take a look at it tonight. Full, yeah, do a full film breakdown of that for sure. Absolutely. Film, uh, you know, we'll talk about, you know, plus minuses and everything. <laughs> so anyways, do, but anyways, go to Alex's Twitter, subscribe to the throwdowns. He does write one regularly. We're, we're getting to occasionally level, dude. Yeah, you know, I know. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll happen. 
It'll happen. It will happen. So that's us. Uh, subscribe to this podcast network on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, silverscreenandroll.com for all of your Lakers news, at Lakers SBN for up-to-the-moment news and funny tweets from the guys. Uh, Alex, it's good to talk to you, man. Those, uh, I thank the Karens. That made tonight's game pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it did. It added a little... Uh enthusiasm and i think uh james worthy mentioned that her weave was gonna fall out oh. or her extensions were oh. gonna fall out if uh she got on the court so that was james worthy with always the the best analysis post game all right man well dude lebron's lebron's uh comments are actually they're very much more like mild mannered than i thought than i was hoping for you know i obviously lebron's not gonna be like yeah screw them like but they're just very much like down the line like hey you know maybe <laughs> they had a couple drinks no big deal so I'm sure we'll get a corny Instagram post later. From I'm sure Friday. we will. All right, Alex, uh, everybody, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you, I'm just going to assume, on Monday after the Thunder game. We'll talk to everybody then. Thanks, man. Thanks.